Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one. Winning Drive. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Baltimore Post Game Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan, as well as my guy, Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And the Ravens had their press conference today, uh, Cordell, but let's talk about the big news that hit Prior to the press conference, um, the biggest news is Greg Roman um, has decided to part ways with the Ravens. And that came out a couple of hours prior to the press conference. So, of course, um, there's a lot of people that, you know, have had things to say uh, about this situation. And it does feel like when you look at what the fan base and their reactions are, that it feels like this is an, a, a move that people wanted generally. And, you know, you and I have talked about Greg Roman a lot and his decision making on this podcast as well as on our respective radio shows. So um, it did feel like it was time to move on. I think for me, the biggest shock was that uh, he had an option year and it, and it was shocked to me because he and uh, Wink Martindale got extensions at the same time, but apparently they had two different lengths in, in years. So while, you know, all this time I'm thinking that, you know, Greg Roman was um, 
no longer that this option year was 2022 it was in fact 2023 and then he declined the option obviously and you know uh the history is what it is he's no longer um the ravens offensive coordinator so i wanted to get your thoughts on that first like how do you feel about this and then you know we can talk about guys that maybe we think could potentially take greg roman's place yeah i mean i'm First and foremost, I was kind of surprised that they put this out before the press conference. Um, I think Greg Roman's people did it. I don't yeah, think the I, Ravens did anything. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, it was Greg Roman's, uh, you know, agents, uh, his agent agency or whatever you want to call it. They're the ones uh, that ended up putting out the the release saying that Greg Roman had was, was done in Baltimore. Um, and I, I, I do think that the Ravens were kind of almost blindsided by that so to speak uh i think they were caught a little off guard i mean Harz put his you know his um his release out uh, about you know i guess his thoughts on greg roman leaving but it was just weird to me that they were that they started the press conference off without even mentioning the fact that greg roman was no longer there anymore you, you would it's just usually and it may not be a big thing i'm not saying it's a big deal but usually when you have a press conference like that and something major like that happens that day, earlier that day, they're going to start off with that. They're going to throw that in there. Um, but it was the inevitable, you know, uh, I, I don't think it was rocket science to know that Greg Roman's time in Baltimore had come to an end. Uh, they had to move on. Both sides had to move on because what else did you need to see if you're the Ravens? from Greg Roman leading this offense and, and really from Greg Roman. I mean, why stay where you're not wanted? You know, yeah. um, he hears the noise. He He's seen everything that's been going on. The Tyus Bowser situation where the notes are all over the front door of the facility is just by far just unfathomable uh, to think <laughs> of like how that would make me feel if I'm the right. Author coordinator like that and that, we still don't know what happened with that yeah, how funny you know, is that, that that got swept under the rug yeah, of course we still that, don't know who did that of, of course that's how it happens I, I'm still <laughs> if anybody out there is listening I'm still willing to put a solid $20 on getting the uh, security film to see who it was that people <laughs> were sprinkling those notes out there in front of the door but you know it's like I said it was inevitable um, I think this offense needs a fresh start Lamar needs a fresh start. Um, you see on Twitter, Emory Hunt, who's a good friend, I think of both of ours, yeah, had tweeted that you know Lamar had been in a pro style offense out in Louisville, and Lamar retweeted him saying thank you. Like that was as if you know that's something Lamar wanted to be known. Lamar doesn't speak often, and he yeah. doesn't always comment on things pertaining to him and on the field situations, but to see him comment on that, I thought was a little eye opening. Um, we've always been fed this notion that Greg Roman put this offense together for Lamar. And I never really fully bought into that. If you look at Greg Roman's track record, this is what his offense has always been. Um, it, it wasn't different in Baltimore. It was really the same as it was out in San Francisco you look at him back out in Buffalo, it was the same situation. Like, 
I don't think that Greg Roman just got in the lab and made this offense from scratch for Lamar Jackson. I don't think that's the case. And I also don't think it's the case that Lamar can only play in this run-heavy type of offense. I don't think that's the case. Lamar played in a pro-style spread type of offense in college. We wanted a Heisman playing in that offense. I mean, you know, he had an NFL-type coach uh, coaching him at Louisville. So I, I've never really bought into that notion that Lamar is limited to the things that Greg Roman called for him, as if Greg Roman was kind of saving Lamar from himself or something like that. I, I think I think we I don't think we give him enough credit, and I don't mean us, but just people in general. I don't think they have given Lamar enough credit for just being a quality football player. I mean, if he's playing at a professional level. You would think that he could play a pro style offense, but it doesn't end. The Ravens problems don't end with Greg Roman. Um, it's a step, but it's not the end all be all. And in terms of what's next at the offensive coordinator position, I think the Ravens are in a little bit of a bind here because the uncertainty with the quarterback position long-term you, you would imagine is going to affect uh what offensive coordinators decide they want to do as far as coming to Baltimore. Um, you, you know, it's going to be tough to sell to some of these outside candidates that Baltimore is the place where they should come when right. they don't know who their quarterback's going to be for the future. Now, the one good thing that they have going for them is the fact that there are 10 openings right now for offensive coordinator and the Ravens are included in that 10. But those out of those 10 teams, you got the Ravens, the Bucks, Chargers, Commanders, Titans, Rams, Jets, Patriots, Colts, and Cardinals. Out of those 10 teams, only two of those teams have have don't have question marks at the quarterback position as far as the contract is 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 a, is a concern. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody I don't think is worried about Lamar as a quarterback. It's the contract that that you don't that you have questions about, but you look at it, Tampa, we don't know what Tom Brady's going to do. You would imagine he's right. at least done in Tampa, if not done playing football altogether. The commanders have been looking for a quarterback for over 30 years. The Titans, you know, they drafted Malik Willis late in the season. Uh, you don't know if they're, I don't think they're going to end up picking up Ryan Tannehill's contract. So you got quarterback questions there. The Rams, Matthew Stafford says he's coming back, but how much does he have left? in the tank right now, the jet situation, God, Zach Wilson might be the worst starting quarterback oh in football. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots. I mean, what, what are you, what are you getting out there? Mac Jones isn't great. The Colts, God knows they're a dumpster fire. So, I mean, if you're going to take a shot on any of these opportunities that have question marks at the quarterback position, Baltimore might be the place that you, you know, might be your best option. And because at least it's like, okay, even if I only get Lamar for a year, you know, that right there is, you know, I'll be able to at least have an elite quarterback that I'll be able to have in my system and at least be able to show what I can do. Or the flip side could be the Ravens tell this, tell whatever the offensive coordinator is that, hey, even if Lamar's not here, we're going to end up trading him. So you're either going to get Lamar or you're going to get a young promising quarterback that will be able to kind of mold from day one of him entering the league. So that'll kind of have to be their selling point because I would imagine any offensive coordinator that they try to hire outside of the building 
is going to be concerned about the quarterback position. And even internally, they don't have many options. James Urban, not much experience in the offensive coordinator role, calling plays. T. Martin wasn't necessarily great when he was at USC uh, right. in college and hasn't been able to really call plays at the NFL uh, level. They don't have a lot of good options internally. So, like I said, this this offensive coordinator saga is far from over. There are a lot of factors that are going to go into who takes over this position. And I think what makes it so difficult is that it's like a chain. Every link is connected to the next. So um, this coordinator, who fills this coordinator position is kind of going to be dependent on what happens with Lamar. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I want to go back to something that you mentioned about Greg Roman. While I don't think that Greg Roman um, tailored this offense necessarily to Lamar, I think that Greg Roman's offense is um, friendly to athletes like Lamar. Um, Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick, Tyrod Taylor, those are guys that were all pretty mobile, and Lamar kind of fit that that realm. I do think that 2019 was um, a, a great year for that offense. But then I, the problem, I believe, is it that they didn't start implementing more passing concepts into that offense and less, uh, and less run concepts. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that Lamar, if if healthy, should run the ball. Because as we know, both injuries have come from him being in the pocket. Him running is not the liability here. So I, I, I never had a problem with Lamar running. Because as of right now, it does not appear that it's hurting him. And as a matter of fact, you're seeing more quarterbacks running anyway. So, you know, Josh Allen does it <laughs> like any runs people on a regular basis. Um, so I don't have a problem with with that. I just think that after 2019, you had to start tweaking the offense more. And Greg Roman just didn't do that. And I think that that's the problem. It, because I think that you can have um, an offense that allows you to do some some things that you were already doing, but then adding, you know, some other concepts. San Francisco is a really good example of that. And so, um, but they also have the that have great players too. Mm -hmm. And Lamar in himself is a great player, but he's obviously still needed some help. Um, and I just think that sometimes that the the, the what Greg Roman was doing as the years have gone on, have not been beneficial to the growth of Lamar Jackson, if that makes sense. So I, you know, I I I say that to say, even though I think that there's some good things that Greg Roman has done for this team, because I believe um, three in th three seasons that he's been OC, the Ravens have finished top 10 in offense. There's some bad. And I think that the bad is lack of growth, lack of evolution, because everything needs to evolve. And Greg Roman just has not been able to do that. And that's why I think that he caps out at these places in year four and or has not had a head coach uh, a opportunity because of, of those types of things. He fizzles out, I think, eventually. But in terms of, you know, finding a, a guy that fits to Lamar's strengths, I really, yeah, I'm with you on the whole T. Martin thing. I, you took the words out of my mouth about the USC situation, so I'm not really sure what I what I expect from him, um, Urban as well, Keith Williams. I, I don't know what to expect from those and, guys. And I Luda, think, not to even cut you off, but think about it. What's Lamar and, Jane and and Coach Urban's 
relationship. Lamar, right, brings, exactly. He brings his own quarterback coach to practice. I mean, I think that kind of tells you what he thinks. <laughs> well, that's a valid. That's a very valid point, Cordell. So, so I have no idea if he makes things better. Um, I have been clamoring for Brian Johnson, who is the quarterback coach of Philadelphia. I think that what the Ravens want to do and what Brian Johnson has shown you he could do would be um, very beneficial for what the Ravens are as an organization. He's going to run the football and that's something that the Ravens want to do there. I don't think that that's something that will ever change. Even in the passing league, they're going to wait until running is cool again and then be like, see, we were still doing that, Mm -hmm. but it's still important to pass. And I think that, you know, Brian Johnson allows, he, he runs a lot of RPOs, he runs a lot of, you know, he, he runs, he has really good passing concepts and he's very, he now, and in the Philly offense, obviously he's not the offensive coordinator, but what I will say this at Florida, when he was the offensive coordinator, they had Kyle Trask and they had Kyle Pitts and everybody knows how Kyle, Kyle Pitts ended up going top 10 in the NFL draft. And so they were very heavy on allowing their best players to be the focal guys. And in this offense, who is your best pass catcher? Mark Andrews, right? So you get him, you get, hopefully you get Bateman back. I think you need to find a receiver, whether it's in, in, in uh, free agency, trade, draft, whatever. And I think that that would be the perfect fit. I, I said Byron left, which, but you know, I don't know how I feel about that, Cordell, because I had to think about this. Byron left, which was not really a guy who moved in the pocket in his own career. And then he coached a guy that wasn't really a guy that moved in the pocket in his career. So I'm not really sure what Byron left, which would do in a situation like the Ravens, where they're going to run the football. They're going to let their quarterback run the football. So, you know, I, I am, I'm not sure where that fits in with what the organization wants to do. As of right now, my top choice is Brian Johnson. I don't know who else I want because that's where I'm stuck at. (laughs) And I'm not really sure how I can get off of saying, well, these are the other options that I like because that's the, that is the guy that I really like. I mean, yeah, I think, I think the key and you, you kind of touched on it with the talking about um, Byron left, which is, I think you do, how much do the Ravens value having a guy that, has experience working with a guy that has Lamar's skill set. Right. Brian Johnson, he's working with mobile quarterbacks. He did it. Yep. You know, you talked about him at, back in Florida, but now he's out in Philly working with Jalen Hurts, and you can see the growth in Jalen Hurts' game. And I, I think the biggest thing for me, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily make it a prerequisite that whatever the offensive coordinator is that they hire has to have experience working with a mobile quarterback, but I just want creativity. When you turn right. on the film, you look at it, and there was no creativity in the past game. God knows Greg Roman might be the most creative run designer in the league. Kyle Shanahan and just the Shanahan family in general might be the one, the only people I could think of that can give him any type of competition. Um, but he's got it in terms of creativity in the run game. The pass game, however, it's, it's like he drew it up in crayon. And you need somebody that's going to be able to come in here and maximize on having a talent like Lamar Jackson, on having a talent like Mark Andrews at the tight end position, on having a talent like J.K. Dobbins at the running back position. The key is 
while I want a guy that's going to come in and be as creative as possible, I think the Ravens, they have too many guys that are explosive playmakers on this team, albeit they do lack talent on the offensive side of the ball. But the talent they do have is like upper echelon talent. These are some of the better players at their own individual positions. Um, yeah. So you, you, they, they have to find a way to maximize these guys. But whoever the offensive coordinator is going to be, it doesn't matter if the Ravens aren't going to invest in the wide receiver position. They're going to have to break out of this mode of the way they view the wide receiver position. You can't yeah. continue it to continue to value it the way that you have and think that you're going to have the ultimate success in the NFL. The Ravens have plenty of regular season success, but they have not had the playoff success over the last few years. And you look at it, this is kind of this last, what, like 10, 11 year window where the league has kind of really make it, made a true commitment to being a heavy passing league. The Ravens haven't been able to be one of the more successful teams in the postseason. I don't think that's a coincidence. I really yeah, I don't. Agree. You have to be able to have playmakers on the perimeter if you're going to win in January. And if that's what they want, they, they're going to have to change their philosophy a little bit at the wide receiver position. I completely agree with that. And and obviously the the guy that comes in now has to even if they don't have it, Cordell, from a, a, a talent perspective, the new coordinator has to get guys involved. Because how many times did we complain about Devin Duvernay not getting enough touches prior to his injury? More you know, we would we complained about him being missing. He would have good games and then and then he was just pretty much a non-factor for a couple games afterwards. And so, you know, whoever comes in here has to get guys consistently involved in the offense. I don't care if you consider Devin DuVernay a number three or whatever. He's what you have. So you need to overutilize him as far as I'm concerned and find a way to get him involved in the offense to be something that, you know, the Ravens direly need, which is a playmaker. So that, I agree with you. I mean, you have to find a way to get respect in your passing game if you really want to be a contender in the National Football League. And, I, you know, I, I would like to hope that they really put some effort into this this offseason because, you know, we talked about it ridiculously, you know, in numbers last season in terms of the depth, in terms of who they had there. And it came back and bit them in the butt like we all kind of thought that it would. Mm -hmm. So don't let it happen. You can't keep getting you can't keep getting caught slipping that way. And I think that the Ravens, I would like to hope, Cordell, that the Ravens found a way to accept their flaws in that and not allow that to happen again. So we'll see about that. Again, Greg Roman is no longer uh, the offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. So who will be next? It will be interesting to see. Don't be surprised if they find a way to um, bring someone up internally either. But uh, we will find out as the Ravens turn. <laughs> all right. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Before we get into our next subject, uh, let's make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast by checking. And if you are not, hit that subscribe button so that every time that there's a new podcast, you will be the first to receive it. Okay, so another thing that was discussed, Cordell, at the press conference, obviously, was Lamar Jackson. Um, and, And that was pretty much a big part of the press conference. Uh, So many questions about, you know, how things had went. Did you think that he was holding out because of his contract situation? Was he really unhealthy? In which Eric DaCosta said, no, he he believed that uh, that Lamar was definitely hurt. But of course, the main talk was about contract negotiations and where the Ravens uh, see themselves with Lamar. And for the most part, it does feel like they want to work things out with Lamar. That being said, you know, it was there's a couple of things that that caught my eye. And one of the first thing Cordell was when he said something about, well, you know, it, it takes two to tango or something like that. He made he made a, a comment about that. Um, so basically saying, you know, he's got to give in as well, Lamar, as, as well as the Ravens. And then also when asked about a trade, uh, he could have easily said that's not we're not even going that far he just simply said I don't want to talk about it but we plan on trading Lamar Mm -hmm. I thought that that was weird that he just didn't say that is not an option but I guess you can't say stuff like that when in fact it's potentially an option so um how do you feel leaving that press conference in terms of where the Ravens are and where Lamar is he did say that he had spoke to Lamar earlier on Thursday so it does appear that they've at least started having, you know, or they've been talking. I don't know if it's, you know, about business or I don't know if what was it about, but at least they're communicating is my point. Do you see them making an offer and Lamar signing? Do you think that this goes, you know, further and somehow the Ravens have to tag him? How do you see this going? Yeah, I, I honestly didn't leave that press conference feeling any differently than I did when I parked my car. Um, (laughs) honestly, I I went in there and I got exactly what I thought I was going to get. I I got a bunch of words. Um, I got a bunch of dancing around questions and I I got no real insight into what's going on. I got no, uh, 
nothing to make me feel overly optimistic that this is going to be a deal that gets done within the next six weeks or so. Uh, I, I, I really got everything that I, I didn't gain any new information. I felt like um, I said the other day on this podcast that I felt like option a for the Ravens is still to sign Lamar long-term. That's yeah. basically what Eric reiterated in this press conference. I, and he said it as much as well that he feels like Lamar wants to spend the rest of his career in Baltimore. I do feel like Lamar wants to stay in Baltimore. I, I don't think he wants to leave, but I think he's willing to leave if he feels like he can't get what he's looking for. Um, yeah. I think that with some of the things that kind of caught my eye as far as what Eric had to say about the situation, like you said, he did say that they had spoke earlier on Thursday. He also said they spoke a couple of times throughout the season as well, which was kind of okay, considering Lamar had his hard deadline that he wasn't negotiating past Eric's made it seem like they, you know, I mean, he didn't use the word negotiated, but he, he said they spoke. And I guess in the, in the context of the conversation we were having, it implied that they were having negotiations through this, throughout the season. Um, mm -hmm. He also said that Lamar, the player and Lamar, the agent are two totally different people. That right. Kind of stuck with, stuck with me a little bit. Um, he did use the word difficult a couple of times um, that he has been difficult to, to, to get the deal done. It's been difficult to have um, that to, to, to reach a resolution throughout this process. This isn't an easy deal to get done. And while I understand Eric and saying these types of deals take time to get done, it's been two years. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's been, it's been time, you know, um, so it's not like this is something that has just been going on for the last two months or something like that. Like, no, this is, this has been time and it's been other deals that have gotten done in between this time that has caused this whole situation to become more difficult than it originally was. Um, the Deshaun Watson deal automatically took it from being a tough deal to get done from an, from to almost, you know, an impossible deal to get done. Yeah. Based off of what Lamar's asking for, it's it's a it's an extremely tough deal to make happen. So um, I, I do still think that both sides are going to try to get it done. I would imagine that Lamar's going to have a little more sense of urgency than he's had in the past, just yeah. because, just from a human standpoint, you 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 weren't able to finish the season the last two years it's got to kind of resonate with you. Like maybe I don't have as much time as I thought I had, or maybe I do kind of got to pull back a little bit on what I'm asking for, because you got to look at it from both sides a little bit. Um, and I'm sure Eric and these guys are going to bring up to him that he hasn't finished the season the last two years. So that's going to be taken into account. This was a tough deal to get done two years ago. With Lamar missing this, the back half of the season the last two years, I think yeah. it only makes this contract negotiation that much tougher. Because yeah. how does Lamar stand firm on what he's asking for when he's been unavailable at the most important times of the year? It's a fact. I mean, and and this is coming from somebody that wants Lamar to get his money. Right. I, I do, but I gotta I gotta be real in what's going on and all of the dynamics that go into this scenario, that's going to play a part whether he wants it to uh, or not. But it, I didn't expect them to come out and say, 
<clears throat> oh yeah, we're we're close to a deal, or we offer Lamar this, so Lamar's asking for that. Like, I didn't expect to get any real details about what's going on between the two sides. I expected Eric to show up and act like everything's hunky dory and nothing to see <laughs> here. And you know, it's we're great, you know, we're getting the business side done. It's gonna happen. Like, I understand, but the fact of the matter is. They're going to be on a time clock now uh, as far as what happens with this Lamar situation. They do still have the franchise tag option, and I'm pretty sure they're not going to hesitate to use that. The, uh, the, the question was asked, are they going to use an exclusive tag yep. or non-exclusive tag? In my mind, it's not even an option because, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I, you may not even know. I got to do more research on this to see what would the compensation be if they right. put a non-exclusive tag on them. To my knowledge, I think they would only get like one pick in return. So if that's the case, that is a no brainer. You're not putting, you're not giving Lamar away for a solo pick. But again, I got to do more research into that to find out what exactly would be the return if they did put a non-exclusive tag on him and they lose him. Uh, to another team, I think. So, so what will happen? I, I I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm mm -hmm. letting you know now. No, so, what will happen me. is, is that if it's non-exclusive, um, a tag, the tag player's original team has the option to match whatever yeah. it is, right? That the other the team the other team gives or refuse the new team's offer, um, and be rewarded two first round picks. Oh, okay. So that's, that's the compensation. Okay, but I mean, what good is that? Right. If it's you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what an elite team. I mean, let's say it's the Rams or somebody like that, you know, that is that is potentially like a, a crazy good quarterback away from being elite again. You know, like it could be anybody that takes that. What if it's the Raiders that that go and yeah. get Lamar and now Lamar's out there with that juggernaut of an offense, and all of a sudden those two first round picks are like basically bottom feeders of yeah, the first the, round yeah I, I mean you control the situation a lot more when you put an exclusive tag on him so i i expect that to be an easy decision despite eric making it seem like it was going to be a tough one to make um I, I think that'll be an easy decision for them and as far as look trading lamar after the tag i mean he shot it down but I, it's everything's on the table Right now, if you can't get a deal done with the guy, you're not going to let him walk for free. Right. Um, we're, we're getting into that uncomfortable time where a lot of things are going to be in play that we never thought it would come to in, in this situation. Yeah, I agree with that. And I agree with that about the um the type of tag, too, because, look, you, you have all the leverage with the exclusive tag because mm -hmm. you still can you, you don't have to. uh just go for two first round picks. You can ask for more than two first round picks when it comes to Lamar. If you're doing an, you know, exclusive tag, you can ask for whatever it is that you want, quite frankly. Um, so I, I'm with you on that. I mean, you would like to hope that they can come into an agreement, but you mentioned this earlier, you know, you as if you're Lamar and you're not finishing seasons and your team needed you in a playoff game and you just weren't able to do it. <clears throat> I, I don't know how you, can factor that into saying I'm worth a lot of money. The I mean, not not a lot of money because I do think Lamar's worth a lot right. of money. But yeah. a full, like, a, let's say if if he did ask fully guaranteed, guaranteed that he was like 280 million guaranteed. Right. I, I don't. I just don't think that that's. I don't think that 
I don't think that you can ask for that and then and think that they'll be okay with that, knowing mm-hmm. how both seasons have ended. And that's just a business perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I am team player all day. I want to be clear on that. I yep. believe that players should go get whatever it is that they believe that they're worth because they're the ones that makes the league go. That being said, as a business person, that's a big risk that you're asking me to 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 do to sacrifice for and you can't even finish seasons for me my team your team is in a playoff hunt both times by the way and Mm -hmm. you weren't able to help them and elevate them get to a level in which you know that they needed to get to so that that's a concern and it I don't care who you are if you own a business and one of your top quality guys seem to continue to get sick when you need them the most that's when it's time to do their their you know when you want to raise, you do look into things like that, unfortunately. That's just kind of how things go in business. And so, you know, I, I would like to think that they can come around and say, listen, you know, I know it didn't work out last year. Let's try to figure this out. Let's try to figure out what it is that we want to do. Because, you know, if you listen to Harbaugh, well, we're going to have Lamar put impact, uh, input into who the new offensive coordinator is. I mean, he's speaking as if Lamar will be a Raven in 2023. I don't know if that's just wishful thinking on his part or if he truly believes that that's what it's going to come down to. But it is a, it's a positive reinforcement I guess if you're a fan looking for anything that you know your head coach is saying I really want this guy to be a part of the future that we're trying to build here and if you're Hector Costa I do think that you should try to do your best because look I I like guys coming out of this draft but there's always going to be a a calculated risk in knowing or excuse me not knowing what they're going to be like on the NFL level so do do you want to risk doing that all over again do you want to and doing so also potentially alienates um, some of your fan base and I'm not saying that you got to listen to fans I'm not clearly look they told us at the press conference they don't be on social media so they don't pay us no mind anyway the only thing EDC said he does is on Instagram so he can monitor watching his kids being on Instagram but outside of that they don't pay us any mind that being said fans still are the ones that you you do you know you you put a team together so people can support it so how much are you really willing to risk alienating you know a a portion of your fan base for an unproven guy i think that that's a fair shake it's a very fair question to have i mean so it'll be a big loss to lose lamar on and off the field yeah i think that i don't think that these are stupid people they they understand the monumental hit it'll take from a pr standpoint from a fanhood standpoint of what it'll be to lose Lamar Jackson. Um, and I, I think they have to take into that, take that element into an account. And I think Lamar does when he asks for the amount that he's asking for. I don't, he's not stupid. He sees how many jerseys he sells. He sees what goes yep. on out at training camp when everybody is out there wearing nothing but number eight jerseys and chanting Lamar, Lamar's name, even when he's not out there. Like he, yep. he sees what's going on. I also want to say, with all the speculate speculation about Lamar kind of holding in or whatever people want to call it, as far as him not going out there and um, playing in the last, you know, in the back end of the season and then the playoff game, I'm not saying that I'm taking everything that Eric DeCosta and those guys said in this press conference uh, as law, because God knows I'm sure a lot of it was BS, but <laughs> I'm just putting it together with 
what some of the other players have also said that have seen yeah. Lamar around the uh, around the building. They have all said that they watched Lamar and could tell that he wasn't in a condition to go out there and play. So the whole notion that Lamar could have played and decided to hold hold out. I mean, the only person that said that they felt like Lamar should have went out there and played on a brace was Sammy Watkins. And he's a guy that didn't even see Lamar during his time there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to try to choose to believe the latter. Yeah. I'm not paying, I'm not paying Sammy Watkins no mind. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do it. And y'all cannot pay Sammy Watkins no mind either because that's a guy that wants a Super Bowl ring at any cost. And of course he's going to say those things because he wants to try to get to a championship. So you know, that was some selfishness talking. But, yeah, I mean, hopefully the Ravens and Lamar can come to terms sooner than later, even if it's in a trade, Cordell. I, I, you you got to stop being in this limbo. you got to try to find a way to have some type of resolution. And But I really hope it's the former in terms of him getting a deal long-term with the Ravens as opposed to the latter, which is potentially trading him away um, for some draft picks that we don't know is going to show up. Before we get into our last segment, have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If not, hit the subscribe button so that every time Cordell and I talk about your Baltimore Ravens, you will be the first to know. So outside of Greg Roman and Lamar, there were some other topics that was discussed. And, you know, we, you know, um, I asked him about Justin Houston and Calais Campbell and about them potentially coming back. And he said that, you know, he'd rather not say, I don't know what that means, Cordell, because he wouldn't get into detail, but he did say that he had really good conversations with those guys. I don't know about you, but someone asked about Marcus Peters as well, because he's a free agent. That didn't really sound too confident that he'll be back he he started the the sentence with saying you know how his agent is great and I love Marcus Peters he's you know a, a great he's fiery you know he loves his personality he loves all these things but I didn't hear that he said he was going to bring him back that's mm -hmm. kind of how I I took that and then he also acknowledged the need of, of getting a wide receiver um, whether he'll do that in trade um, free agency or uh, in the draft so what did you gain from any of those things that he said? Well, um, I, I did ask him about the wide receivers early in the press conference and asked him if he felt like he, he might think about changing his approach uh, and how he goes about filling that position. You know, historically, he has gone uh, through the draft and albeit some high draft capital on wide receivers in the first round that haven't necessarily panned out fully. Um, he traded Marquise Brown and didn't fill, you know, fill that spot uh, with anybody new. Instead, he kind of just bumped everybody up a spot and moved Rashad Bateman up to the number one. Um, and, you know, Bateman ends up getting hurt. Then Duvernay ends up getting hurt. And neither of those guys I thought were being utilized to their full capabilities to begin with. So I really don't give them a pass, even with those guys being hurt, because they weren't getting a ton of wide receiver production, even when they were on the field. But I'm looking at the transcripts right now, and I found it easy. I, I found it funny to see here, and when Eric is answering the question, in here he does say we'll continue to look at that via free agency and the draft. Um, he does. He did finish it, you know, throwing in potential trades and things yeah. like that. But I, I and, and but later on in the press conference, he was asked again about bringing in a star wide receiver via trade and. It didn't seem like something that he's overly 
optimistic about doing. He, he basically him, says about, like, well, he got to get paid too. And then we got right. all these other people we, that right. we got to pay, like Roquan trying exactly. to get Lamar. So that I think that was his point when he's, when, when asked yeah. that question. I mean, he's not, he doesn't want to put himself in cap hell. He right. doesn't want to yeah. be in a position to where he's, his cap is so top heavy and they don't have the depth behind a, a lot of these guys. Uh, if something happens to one of their starters, that's his thing. Um, and I get him. I get him. You don't want to put all your eggs into that one year, uh, you know, Hail Mary situation. Sure. It worked out for the Rams a couple of years ago, but it doesn't necessarily mean that maybe it's going to work out for you. I do, however, think you have to kind of find that gray area in between not wanting to stretch yourself out too much with the cap while also getting good value at that position. Um, yeah. You, you got to get a known commodity at the wide receiver position. You have to. And even if that's not to necessarily swing for the fences and go and trade for DeAndre Hopkins, um, you, you could still, there are other wide receivers that have done something in this league that are still in a spot in their career to where they can contribute at a, in a big way. You can find a way to bring some of these guys in going the young route and bringing in all these guys just via the draft is not the way in my mind. It's a way to add to the depth. Sure. But I don't think it should be their main source of bringing in free agents. They, I mean, as in terms of bringing in new wide receivers, they don't, all, I'm also tired of the bargain bin shopping. None of their bargain bin wide receivers worked out for them this year. Other than, I mm -hmm. guess you can make the argument, Demarcus Robinson, borderline, uh, but he wasn't good. It was just the fact that I think he produced in a situation where nobody else is producing at the wide receiver position, but it's not like he, oh, you know, his numbers aren't gaudy uh, by any means. And, <laughs> and he had his games as well to where it's like, what in the world is this? So, uh, I, I'm not, you know, the Deshaun Jacksons, the Andy Isabellas, the Sammy Watkins. You you got nothing from that. You you really got nothing. I, I think you you got to at some point make the decision to actually go out there and make something happen. You got to look around at these other teams and see. You know, I, I get that the Ravens are a very proud organization. They are full of pride, and they feel like their way is the way you know it's won them championships and they they just felt like their formula even though it may not work every year is sustainable over time i agree yeah. i think it's shown that it is sustainable over time not yeah. knocking that but you gotta know when to kind of adjust on the fly you gotta know when to kind of go right when you would normally go left yeah, and you look around the league and you look at teams like Buffalo and you look at Philly and, you know, you look at uh, Arizona and you, you see all these teams that went out there and got their young quarterback, a solid number one receiver. And yep. the difference that it made for these quarterbacks, it's it's in it's, it's crazy to me to think that you can sit there and want to get MVP caliber play out of your quarterback every year when the supporting cast around him is not to the level that it should be to maximize your quarterback's talents. Um, right. I think that they, especially in a situation now where Lamar is in a situation where he's trying to get money, 
it's almost like they're working against them. You know, how, yeah. can, how can I, as Lamar, show you what I can fully do and show you why I'm worth the money that I'm asking for when I can't do some of the things that some quarterbacks that I might be better than are out here doing simply because they have better talent around them than I do. Mark Andrews right. is great. He is. I'm not knocking that whatsoever. But Mark Andrews doesn't have to be the only great weapon on the in the passing game. They, I they, agree. They, you've got to find a way to get more talent in Baltimore because I think this team can be so dangerous if yep. you can find a creative offensive coordinator with a heavy dose of talent on the field. I completely. I completely agree with you. I, th I think that they have to address the cornerback situation because, you know, if you're not bringing Marcus Peters back, look, those young uh, worldly, I think he has some potential there, but you, you got to find a, uh, you either going to have to draft a, another guy or find a veteran. If you're not bringing back Marcus Peters for, you know, a, a lower price. Um, I, I asked the questions about Calais and, and Justin Houston, because, you know, Calais, we know how important he is to the run defense. And look, I, I, Calais might be a guy that they might say. I, I think he's an important part of this team. But look, what happens if Michael uh, Pierce comes back? Do you how do you, do you do you feel like you still need Calais? Do you want do you just want him to have him because he's such a, a good player and he's still playing at a high level? You know, Justin Houston. I don't know how that's going to work because you have to assume that Ajabo is start, is going to start getting more play um, coming twenty twenty three. So those are you know what are you going to do in that regard? And there are probably cheaper options at this point too, because you know Pierce is already a guy that's on the that's on the roster. He just got out this earlier this season with an injury, and then Ajabo, obviously, we know is on his rookie deal. So the, those things are definitely in play. Um, and I agree with you. Why does it? I really felt like even with Tyler Huntley's limitations, Cordell, that if they had a guy, well, if they ran the ball more, but that that problem got solved. Right. I hope. Right. Hopefully we don't know yet. You like to hope that that problem got solved, that the next coordinator that will come in will not uh, do J.K. Dobbins the way that that Greg Roman did. And J.K. Dobbins won't be complaining to the public as a result. But um, you I really felt like in the limitations that Tyler Huntley has. I felt like if they had a, a true guy, even if it was a number two guy on the outside I, you know that they would have been in a better position um in the rest the end of the season like the Steelers game where they kind of forced them to throw on them and they just weren't doing it yeah. or the 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 playoff game so they have to find a way to address it and I really I, while I understand the Costa's point um in terms of cap situations um you have some years to not worry about that because your defense is so young and I think that you have to strike when the iron is hot and you still have those guys on this team. You still have guys under contract. You do need to find a guy that's going to, that you can plug and play right now and, and drafting the guys. Cool. I still want you to do that because you still need to draft wide receivers, but I do think that you need a veteran guy that's going to be able to come in and be a part of this offense immediately. Now, I don't know what the dynamic of that is. Do you want DeAndre Hopkins? Is it going to cost too much money? It's going to cost too much to get for him and trade. I don't know. You mentioned Brandon Cooks. Is, is he going to be a more reasonable, feasible wide receiver? I don't know. But I know that you need another body. That's what I do know. 
and that, you know, it, it's going to be beneficial not only to the coordinator that comes in, but to Lamar or whoever is the quarterback of this team. So that's, you know, nice. and That was all nice, EDC. But you got to put some money in the position that's probably one of the most important side on the side of minus the quarterback and left tackle on the offense. You just have to, and you can't beat any way around. You can't get any way around it. That's the important thing. You got to get a wide receiver. No doubt. Got to get a wide receiver. Um, I think that's going to be priority number one as far as team rebuilding. Yeah. You know, as, as far as getting new guys in here, wide receivers is their worst position right now. Um, cornerback is going to be a big one. And cornerback posi- the, the cornerback position is tough because to go the not, – not every young cornerback comes out of the draft ready to go. Not every young cornerback is Sauce Gardner, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's, 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 they are few and far in between. Um, yeah. so you, that, that, because that, that next step up in, um, playing it from the college level to the NFL level, the game is so different. The wide receivers are so crisp and clean with their route running are just so good at the NFL level. Um, it's, it's kind of an eye opening experience for a lot of young corners. So you want to have somebody proven, um, but the cornerback position is kind of one of those revolving door positions in the NFL. Now it's either you got a good win or you don't. And few teams have had the luxury that the Ravens have had over the last few years where they have had two solid cornerbacks. I mean, yep. a lot of teams have that luxury. So uh, the Ravens will be able to see what that life is like now. I don't know what their decisions are going to be. I'm sure they'll look at the cornerback position in the draft and free agency as well, because uh, that's going to be the one glaring hole, I think, on their defense next year. I completely agree. So, yeah, that's. I think that that's what we've gotten from the press conference that happened on Thursday, and we'll see what happens moving forward. You got free agency that's coming up in a few weeks, and then we know that the draft eventually follows. So there will still be a lot of situations going on, hopefully a lot of negotiations as well with Lamar Jackson. And then we'll see if some guys will be returning or if they, you know, decide to move on and either retire or, you know, go somewhere else to play. But, um, yeah, it was a very interesting press conference. And, you know, I, I, I hope that whatever you guys were looking for, that you got what you needed from it. If not, then you just got to watch it all play out <laughs> in the offseason because that's what we got to do as well. So we want to thank you all for listening on this wonderful Friday. We appreciate you. Please find a way to enjoy your weekend. From Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive.